welcome back. I'm really trying to figure this whole like intro thing out. I think for those of you that have actually been hanging out with me for a couple episodes now might notice that I'm not so good at them yet. And I'm learning, so it's okay. But um, I, I think this introduction might be a little bit easier because of the nature of mine and this person's relationship that I'm with today. I have known this literal angel on earth for a little over four years. I'm FaceTiming with her and I see she is literally tearing up as I am saying this little intro. So clearly my introductory skills aren't that horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I, I have worked with her through not only her eating disorder treatment and her, her couples therapy when she was with someone who definitely wasn't the best fit for her. And she had to learn her worth through many years of self-discovery with me and through, oh my gosh, again, I can ramble because I get nervous with the intros, but I'm so proud of her. She's come so far over the past four or five years. I could cry. I found a note that she wrote me the other day. I'm going to get into that. She is one of the most powerful human beings I've ever known. She is a recovery warrior. Please welcome Miss Jessica Debura. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome, Mama. Oh, and I, man. I can actually call you Mama because you have a little baby. You, she's you a have a tiny baby girl. She is 12 weeks old and she is the best thing that's ever happened to my life. She's literally a little miracle, huh? Most definitely. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, but. She is the reason why I went into recovery, and that was well before I ever knew she existed. So uh, it's pretty wild to see her basically like my recovery personified, and I get to see her tiny little face and see her little laugh, and it's, it blows my mind because I never thought that, that was going to happen. So it, it's really a blessing. For sure. Oh, man. Yeah, it's interesting because right before we started recording, I know, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell whoever's tuning in, that Jess and I were talking about how different the guests have been so far on this show. I mean, I've had Zach Peter, I've had Abigail Freyer. They're all very different topics about being single, about being, you know, an entrepreneur and a boss babe and recovering from an eating disorder and depression. And it's like, you know, the first couple episodes, there was a little bit more of an upbeat tone. And I don't think (laughs) that this is going to be depressing. I don't, but already I'm sure, you know, whoever's tuning in, they can hear in our voice, like this is a very serious subject. And this is something that, you know, yes, we will have our laughs throughout this episode. It's not going to be, you know, too too depressing right (laughs) right no I think it's gonna be truly one of the most powerful episodes not only that I've done so far but I think on this season so I'm really really grateful that you're here and that you are willing and open to being authentic AF yes thank you for giving me that chance (laughs) definitely definitely going to be authentic that's for sure <laughs> yes i i know ever since i met you you were like i don't want to i don't i don't like this but here we are this is this is me and i i fuck how, how do i do this is vulnerability at its finest <laughs> like yeah i mean being vulnerable 
it's horrible at times. It's so uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and, but like you got to pull through it and you got to try it. And otherwise, like nothing's going to change. And being vulnerable is being authentic and you're cho- showing like your true emotions and feelings in that time. So you got to try it. You got to try it. Even, and it's so funny you say that last night I was in a in a couple's therapy session, I had a new couple and they've been together for about five years. They have a baby that's two, two and a half. And she basically, she started crying almost immediately into my asking, you know, what, what are you guys doing here? Or I didn't say it like that. But <laughs> what are you doing here? So why are you here? Yeah. What the, get, get out. Why, why are we, why are we doing this? Why are we, no, just kidding. Um, she, she was so tearful and she said, vulnerability and authenticity is like the scariest thing in the world to her and she literally she she was uh, she's beautiful she's this uh like mane of hair that she was using to to cover her face from her husband because she didn't want him to see her crying you know and i know that that's partly what an eating disorder is it's kind of your best friend and your coping skill and your hair your mane to cover whatever whatever you're really feeling because you're scared of it for whatever reason and I guess I guess I'm kind of curious to start this conversation what when I okay so basically circling back when I say recovery warrior and I might have said this already I, I I have it in my notes but I forget sometimes what I say and don't say um Jess you've recovered and or I, I know recovered no 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 you are in recovery because yes. recovery is not linear and you just told me you're still struggling with x y and z right which we'll get into but you came to treatment for an eating disorder and I'm wondering when you officially realized like wait a minute I have something that I need to address and or when were you like okay I'm gonna I guess take action here sure I mean I I was a fashion model for many many of years um so I'm sure that didn't help my uh (laughs) creation of this eating disorder (laughs) no and I think that's something you could get into a little bit too yeah like it let's be honest it's a very competitive industry and you're not selling something you're selling yourself and you are the product so if the client doesn't like the product you're gonna take it personally and while they say like oh it's not a personal attack like what else is there to attack then? Because my physical self is not good enough for you and or this job. So when I first started, I had a very thick skin. Like I knew not everyone was going to like me or hire me or, you know, and I just had to cope with that. And right. at, in the beginning, I was like, that's fine. The no's are going to lead to awesome yeses. So I'm going to keep going. Right. And the more you start hearing this negative talk on yourself from other people and, you know, just like your hair is not the right color. It's not the right lens. Your eyes are different. Like whatever the case might be, it's like so minute and nitpicky on a person that after you hear that for quite some time, you start believing it and you start saying like, how else 
can I make myself be liked by everybody? And that's like a terrible spot to be in. It's very dangerous. You get yourself into a lot of trouble, which in essence, I dug a really deep hole for sure. Um, finally, I, I mean, let's be honest. I knew what I was doing throughout my career of uh, eating disorder. Um, I was anorexic. I would run around town and barely eat anything, but I just like had to keep going. So I, I wanted the job. Well, I remember too, you, there were times even in treatment where you, I think, was it one time or twice where you, you did end up in the hospital because you were over exercising. Mm-hmm. So there yeah, were many times where you put your, would... your life in danger because you, well, I, I will let you go on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, no, you're fine. Yeah. Like even when I did come to treatment, I cheated. I mean, I yeah. yeah. Sure. I did a lot of things, but I owned up to it. Absolutely. And that's, <laughs> well, I think again, even treatment, I don't, I, I think we even talked about that when, when you were there, there's no shame in, well, I know there is for, for the individual, but for the therapist or people around you, your support system, like I hate to should, but there should be no shame in you slipping. You're learning from your slips. I mean, if you were, look, if you're completely lying and cheating the program like a hundred percent, then you're wasting everyone's time. Yeah. But if you're coming in and you're like, Hey, I'm trying and I'm slipping or Hey, I did this the other day and I realized I need to talk about it. Then what else can, what else can we ask of you or can you ask of yourself? Like you're actually doing the work and you're, uh, you're learning from whatever experiences that you're having. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, everybody was always, very kind and especially you and the other therapists that were there of like helping me and saying like bring it to the table like let's talk about it don't don't beat yourself up as much as I do (laughs) right well and Um, circling back to kind of what you were saying about the modeling industry you know you it's hard to not take things personally so when you say, you know, I'm going to bring things to the table. I'm going to bring all my emotions to the table. Is it all about how you look or is there also a deeper element like anxiety and depression and communication and blah, 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 blah. Totally. The list goes on for miles of what like the deep roots are. But at the time, like when you don't know, when you can't like categorize or define it, you're just like, oh, well, it's just about my look. Right. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, because so, you, you like, don't know. It's easy thing to go to because you're just like, all right, well, I physically see myself changing, so I guess it's just about, like, my physical self. It doesn't matter about my emotions or my mentality or anything like that. This is tangible. I can see that. So I think that's why it's easy to just be like, oh, well, it's just like meeting disorder. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think, like, that also pulled me to – find treatment because I did see myself withering like actually withering away and I couldn't control it anymore and I I don't I don't know what happened I can't give a defining moment but I just remember 
being in my apartment. I lived alone. So it was easy again for me to hide from everybody and like isolate and, and you're eating do my dis- own thing. Yeah, your eating disorder is kind of your best friend. Yeah. And I remember I broke down and I I was hysterically crying on my bathroom floor. And faith is like a really big thing to me. And I prayed in the moment and I was like, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. Like someone's got to help me. And for whatever reason, I picked up my cell phone. I called my dad and still on the floor, like crying. And he is like, just out of his mind. Like what is happening to my daughter? Oh like, yeah. What is going on? Freaked because out. I'm in California and he's in New York. Mm-hmm. So he can't see anything. It, again, that's easy for me to hide everything. Yeah, he doesn't know how sick you are, right? Right. Yeah. And I can lie all day on the phone and be like, everything's great. Oh my God. California's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. whatever it was, I snapped and I picked up the phone and he he answered and he was like what's going on and I said to him I was like dad listen I've lied to you and mom for years and I'm pretty positive I'm anorexic and he was like all right what do you want to do about it Mm -hmm. and at the time like there's an internal battle going on being like, shut the fuck up. Exactly. Don't say anything. Abort mission. Yes. <laughs> like, why don't you just say that? Right. Put it back into your mouth. Exactly. <laughs> um, I've been outed. There's another part that's like, for real, like you need to do something. It's like a little bit of relief almost. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I told one of my good friends at the time, like, hey, this is what I'm going through. I have literally no idea what to do next. And um, she just, she was like, all right, let's go to your primary care and let's have a conversation. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll make the appointment. Oh, like, I like, wish everyone could see her face right now. There, that was a devious, like, mm, mm-hmm. yeah, fuck you. I'll make the appointment. <laughs> Yeah, like, I'll get to that. That will be on the top of my list. Of Absolutely. To do. Priority number Very one. Very sarcastically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and she knew that about me. So she took it into her own hands and made the appointment and said, we're going to the doctor. And I kind of fought her pretty like tooth and nail about it. But I was like, oh, whatever. Remind me which friend this is. Uh, Marissa. Yeah. Hey, Marissa. one of my girlfriends from church then um so I have to give her like a lot of credit for stepping up and being like no we're gonna go and I'll go with you so you don't skip out (laughs) right um held you accountable yeah and probably at that time I didn't think like really anybody cared at all about me so I was like it doesn't matter if I go or if I don't um, but then in that moment when she decided like, Hey, I'm going to go with you. I felt really cared for. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I, I, I guess my question and I, I know I can, I can answer, I'm sure a lot of it for you, but I don't want to, <laughs> um, 
And you, you did have a lot of people in your corner, I remember, and you did feel so alone. And I guess I'm just wondering when you did tell your dad, you know, Hey, I've been lying to you and I need help. And he said, all right, what do we do? Let's get it. And you had your parents in your corner and things were on the table. I guess I'm wondering how you did, how your mind worked in that moment where you did feel or not moment, but in that time where you were like, okay, I'm, I still feel so alone. Cause it sounds like the, the click didn't happen until Marissa said that she was going to come with you, which is great that that happened. I guess I'm just curious how you still, how you did feel so alone when you had a community of people that were like, we're behind you. Let's do this. Totally. I mean, I had my family behind me. I had my church community. Right. I had so many people like cheering me on. Um, I just think in that moment, like you're in such a darkness and so suffocated by the thoughts uh, that the eating disorder presents and the depression presents that you can't clearly see that support right. at all. You just think like, I don't know. Well, I can't say you just think. I can say I just felt. Look at that. you, communication <laughs> skills. Re- Still working on it. <laughs> I know. I know. Go on. But, um, I felt that I don't even know anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, a long time ago. Yeah, it it was super. It feels like a lifetime ago, but um, and also I'm but, gonna ju- I'm gonna jump in because I remember too. There were times where your brain was just foggier. Not only because oh, yeah. of the depression and the anxiety, but and you know just life things but your brain was not fueled oh no at De- all decline someone's trying to call me how rude 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 don't they know we're talking about something serious <laughs> um yeah no my my mind was i couldn't focus on anything and not that like i am a super focused individual i can just be like oh squirrel yeah like, puppy whatever. brain <laughs> yeah but especially like now being a mom, I'm like, wait, what was that? What was that the baby? What what's going on? So I am kind of sporadic, but um my mind was just like not there when I was going through it. And even up into seeking out treatment and going to treatment, I remember talking to it wasn't yourself, it was Jackie at first. Jackie, Jackie Shapin, what up? Jackie Shapin Therapy, I think that's her handle, at her. (laughs) Yo, check her out. Yo. Save your life. (laughs) Dream team. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I remember, like, seeing Jackie for the first time, and she was like, so, like, you know, basically, like, why, why are you here? And I was like, I don't know. I'm fine. Like, I'm good. They right. just think like I'm underweight a little bit. Like, we're good. <laughs> you know what? And uh, we're going to, on that note, we are going to do something that we, we, you and I just talked about. You know where I'm okay. going with this. Yeah. I was a little nervous and I still am. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous to do this, but I think it's important. Um, we're going to use numbers. So I will put a little trigger warning out there for anybody that is 
struggling right now with their weight or an eating disorder, if you, well, I will just say, please skip over the next 30 seconds. Yeah. There's a little button, <laughs> right? That has like the skip 30. Um, I do want for you to share at that time how tall you were and how much you weighed because you thought that you were, you still had more to go. Yes. Uh, I am five nine, and at the time I was 94 pounds and I thought I could definitely lose another five or 10 or whatever my body could handle. And it couldn't even handle that. So, <laughs> right now, can I ask you just, even as you say that, what, the, what that's like for you to share? I mean, it's, it's rough for sure. Um, even like looking at old photos of myself, I don't even understand how I could look like that, how I could put my body through that. And to be honest, like I'm not fully like a hundred percent. I never think of ED thoughts. Of course. Like that. Of course. Like, but when I see those, like I can see all of my bones, I can see everything. And it blows my mind how eating disorder and depression can trick you. Trick you into what? Trick you into thinking like this is what beauty is. This is what perfection is. Like I, I was thriving to get perfect. And perfect and to you was? Was to be the tiniest that I possibly could be because then I would get hired or mm -hmm. so I thought and even at that time my agent in LA she pulled me in a room and was like hey I need you to gain weight and I thought that she was sabotaging my career and I said fuck off I'm good mm -hmm. wow wow so <laughs> the eating disorder was also thriving during your career so definitely I mean that it's almost like, what do you think? Well, it's kind of like the chicken or the egg. What do you think fueled what? <laughs> I mean, like, I can't, I can't just like scapegoat the modeling industry. Like, are there evils in it? Hundred percent. Sure. Are there not supportive people in it? Yes. Are there supportive people in there? Are there creative individuals? Are there these people that just like want to make beautiful things? One hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I. I can't just like pinpoint it onto one thing that had triggered it. Um, I think even from a young age, I was incredibly OCD. Um, mm -hmm. I struggled a lot with school. I wanted to be perfect at school. I needed to be a straight A student to prove my worth and all of these things. So I think having that trajectory of perfection, whether it's in, school, my friendships, my relationships, and now my modeling career, it just kind of snowballed. And mm -hmm. then it snowballed into a pile of not great things. <laughs> right. Right. And I'm so, I'm so thankful that you said that 
you can't pinpoint it on just one thing because a lot of people, I think a common misconception about eating disorders is that it's just about either vanity or it's just about numbers or it's just about control or it's just about one thing. And is there an element of all of those? Absolutely. Definitely. Is that, is it just any one thing? No. And it does start often out of, you know, I, I, I hate to say, I really do hate to say it like this, but you know, I, well, I think, you know, I, I, I've worked not only with, uh, well, just so everyone knows, this is again, ethical, just like Zach and Maya's episode, <laughs> like, <laughs> Jess and I have yeah. n- no dual relationships. We, it's been two years, over two years since we've worked together. It's totally cool. Um, oh man, I lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? Shoot. What were we talking about? I got too wrapped up in like proving that I'm ethical. That, uh, <laughs> it's not just like one thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not just one thing. Oh yeah, that it's like a, I, I guess what I was saying is, I don't know if you know, but I was also working as the program director at um, Evolve, which is a treatment center for um, adolescents and families like struggling with um, addiction and substance abuse. Uh, all sub- Basically, again, I hate to say it, surface issues, right? umbrella issues because the eating disorder the substance abuse whatever whatever it is that you're struggling with there is something deeper like kind of like fights with couples right like it's not about the mustard or it's not about the dishes or whatever like there's something deeper going on that you don't know how to address right so when you say oh you know, I was struggling with OCD as a kid. I was struggling with feeling like I wasn't good enough in my relationships. Like, I mean, that anxiety drove the majority of your choices and your, and that perfectionism and perhaps still, still does to an extent, but you've gotten so much, honestly, not that people who struggle aren't strong, but you really have strengthened and gotten a lot stronger in your skill set in order to manage a lot of these thoughts that you have. And I I guess circling back to what I was, well, we're, we're going in 8 million different directions. It's totally cool. But circling back to the relationship piece, I remember when you came to, I see your face. You're like, oh boy, oh boy, here we go. This could um, be like seven episodes. This could be this. Oh my gosh. Do, should we just make it? We honestly, I might as well do like an entire season on just like I mean, eating disorders. I feel like it, all, the things. all the things are like a support group podcast support oh group. My gosh. Seriously, it might happen. Honestly, maybe we're discovering something right now. We're honestly, we could be onto something. You never know. We got to think of like a hashtag for what is it? Is it today Tuesday? Today is t- talk about it. Tuesday is already a hashtag, though. Oh, yeah, dang. yeah, I know. And I well, either way. And my podcast is already coming out on Thursdays because it's like therapy Thursdays. <laughs> I'm so funny. <laughs> See, smart gal, smart so gal. Smart. Basically, I remember when you came to treatment, you were not only struggling with your eating disorder and depression and anxiety, but you were struggling a lot with communication and effective communication with not only your parents, but someone who we will refer to as, um, okay, you want to call him Ben. I want to call him Howard because I just, lo- I just love Howard. Howard. 
I'm dead. Howard. Howard. Howard the coward. Damn it, Howard. Damn it, Howard. I mean, you know, I understand why Howard is a coward. I understand. Yes, I can be all therapisty, and I'm just gonna be real. I'm gonna be authentic AF. He was not. He was. Uh, he was not my favorite person for you. He. Yeah. I think you that you weren't alone in that club. I wasn't alone in that club, and. Um, I know as a therapist, I'm not supposed to have subjective opinions. And I think, actually, I will ask you. But now we're out. We're out of that. Exactly. Exactly. You're married. It's fine. married. I have a baby. It's fine. Like, so that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, when you and I were, see, I'm such a good, I'm such a good therapist. When you and I were in couples therapy, did you in him ever feel like I was you know like making him the villain or anything in my perspective no I thought with every um relation therapy session whether it was with him or with my family like you always stayed very non-biased and just like Switzerland about everything just like hey I'm I'm a sounding board and this is what I'm seeing and this is how like maybe we can try this and not give me advice, but, or not tell anybody like, Hey, you did this wrong. You're an idiot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right. I could think that, but what's interesting though, is that you knew, you knew, even though I was Switzerland, that I wasn't on the, the Howard team. (laughs) Let's be honest. Like, you saw and heard a lot of my stories when I came in and my feelings and what had been happening behind the scenes. And um, so it's not like you ever told me, like, just, yo, cut this out. Right. But, um, but you can, like, tell. You can tell somebody's energy and someone's, like, just whole aura changes and you're, like, this isn't this isn't good like it's not like this doesn't feel right 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 oh sorry oh that's all Uh, good are we going to check on the baby yeah she might be crying (gasps) oh oh she's crying oh riley one second We don't have to apologize. She's just like, Mom, this is the miracle. Exhibit A, the literal miracle baby. She totally is. Like, going back to, to that, like, the only reason why I ever wanted any type of recovery was because I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to have family. I wanted to do all of these things and I knew, I knew in my heart that God wasn't going to bless me with a baby at 94 pounds. Like I can't even take care of myself. How am I going to care for a child? How am I going to grow that child strong and just how, how would I do that? And that's, that killed me. I wanted that so badly. And the thought of maybe not having that destroyed me. And I knew I had to do something. Right. right. And, and you did. I think 
and there's a reason that I'm circling back to this. Oh my gosh, she's so cute. Oh my God, look at her little face. You guys are going to have to go just like follow her on Instagram so you can see this baby. Oh my God, you're so cute. Her little cheeks. The cheeks can't. So yes, clearly I have an agenda because I'm circling back to Howard or Ben or whatever we want to call him. But you knew that you deserved and you were worth. You knew deep down, even if it was like a point, like a milla percentage or whatever, you knew that you deserved this. And you still engaged in like kind of in hindsight bias, self-deprecating types of behaviors, right? That did keep you in this cycle that would ultimately prolong you from getting what you deserved. Like with with him, like I remember there was, and you'll hear in the first episode, because of course you're going to listen to every minute of this season, of course. But like, have you, have you heard of the scorpion and the turtle proverb? Uh-uh. No, it's basically, so. it's basically, I, I botch it every time, but it's basically the scorpion and turtle that like, it, I, I talk about it in the first, uh, the first episode with like being single and navigating dating and all the uncertainty that you have and blah, blah, blah. Like, if you're with somebody, basically the scorpion is going to sting you, right? Like the turtle tries to save the scorpion because he's a good guy and the scorpion's like, (laughs) fuck you, (laughs) you know? And if you know you're going to get stung, like you had a gut feeling that he was not the right person and you, you know, you wanted so badly for it to work, which I understand because so many of us do. And it wasn't until you genuinely learned after however many, I forget however many sessions it was whether it was individual or couples but you learned I don't excuse my French I'm gonna use some cursing for emphasis even though I curse as it is I don't fucking deserve this I deserve so much more I want so much more and you literally you had to change everything about your life not only in terms of your your food regimen, your exercise regimen, you you changed apartments because you were living with him. You, everything, your whole life had to change and you had to regain control. In California because of it. <laughs> you literally had to regain control of your life in ways that you probably never thought you would. Agreed. Like, it was, sorry, but it was a shit show. Uh-huh. Like, every aspect of my life during that time not to sound like, oh my God, she's so dramatic, but like literally every part of my life was a mess. It was a disaster because I started welcoming that behavior in. And I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm used to. And I'm used to not respecting myself. Right. Be with somebody who doesn't respect me either. Right. And that's just like how I'm going to live my life for however long. And like, Man, there comes a breaking point when they say something a little too disrespectful. Uh-huh. And you're like, you're like, wait, what? How did I get to this point? How did I get here? How, yeah. How yeah. did I just wake up right now? And this is where I'm standing. Like, that, that's not a good feeling. So right. I decided to change. Make a change. And I just, I'm wondering, because there has been so much that's transpired since you and I have worked together. And clearly, I mean, you're rocking a child. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have a beautiful diamond on your on your finger, which I like. I just I remember all these things that she wanted, and when we got back in touch, it was like I had tears in my eyes because I was like, "This is insane!" Because I literally went through. I was like a little stalker. I was going through your feet. I go, "Oh my god!" Like she's come so far, and I guess I just want to know because I know you said you still have you know your struggles so what are some of these struggles how do you navigate them because you are ultimately the happiest you've ever been it seems (laughs) yeah it's not a theme so you're doing a good job you're doing a good job of managing so how do you do it (laughs) well i mean once i got out of la you know again not to shit on that place but it just wasn't for me and it was, again um, just like your relationship it wasn't a good fit it just yeah it just wasn't wasn't my speed so right um, right you, did i say already by the way where where you live in this no i, I was just gonna say so i moved to arizona yeah so i'm in arizona fantastic <laughs> um you know that at first the idea was to like road trip all the way back home and then I wanted to spend some time with my cousin who is a remarkable human um down here and then next thing I know I've been here for three years and married and have a baby so (laughs) there's that (laughs) there's that but as far as like navigating because again like I wish like I got out of treatment and it was just like all right totally erased like you graduated, you don't have to ever worry about this again. But that's not how, that's not authentic. That's not real. Right. Um, so when I moved down here, I got a therapist, I got a dietitian, mm-hmm. and obviously continued going to church because that was a huge, huge element to my recovery um, and my focus into wanting to get recovered. Um, so I knew I had to like set myself up for success and that meant getting these people that were going to help me, um, especially through tough times of navigating, living in a brand new state, not knowing anybody, what am I going to do for work, all of it. It's, it's easy to like start over and erase the slate, if you will, but it's also so incredibly hard. I would imagine it's extremely challenging. Yeah. I mean, like, it worked for me. It was good for me to do because I felt like I could just start fresh and, you know, set myself up for success and get my support team and not look back, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And some of those people are still in play today. Like, I still go to my dietitian. I went to her throughout my entire pregnancy. I still go to her because I don't want to fall back. And especially after having a baby and gaining so much, like, healthy and needed weight to produce this tiny human next to me, Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to make sure I had my support that's behind me for the after, for now, of Like, how do I navigate this without going back to my terrible behaviors of just like, oh, well, I don't have to eat. Right. Or making excuses of, 
I've got so much to do and Mm -hmm. I take care of the baby and whatnot. So I don't need to eat. Right. Right. Yeah. Which used to be a train of thought. Like I remember even when you were a nanny, you were like, oh, well, I have too much to do. So it's, it's fine. I'll just, I'll have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And like, that was it. Yeah. And a coffee. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So your hubby. Yes. My wonderful husband. Your wonderful husband. So, I mean, how, how did, how did you guys fall in love? How open are you with him about what goes on in that beautiful little head of yours? I mean, we we met through a mutual friend of ours, and I mean, he was just, and still is, obviously, incredible and kind and generous and compassionate and, like, doesn't judge me for these things. Um, and I wasn't used to that, so... In the beginning, I was like, all right, when's, when's the bomb going to drop? Right, right. Like, you're not real. Like, you're too kind. I don't I don't know why you're so kind to me. Like, wh- where's the hidden agenda? Mm. Um, and, you didn't trust it, yeah. And, like, years turned out to just be like, no, that's, like, legit who you are. And... There's no agenda. There's no hidden personality. There's no, I'm going to rub this back in your face, like in a couple of months or whenever, or I'm just going to keep a tally of all the stupid shit that you do and then tell you and ream you out for it. There's none of that. And it's, it's wild. Ladies, they're out there. They're actually, yeah, they exist. I mean, they exist. And don't like shut them out when they like show, show up. Because right. like, it's real. Right. But then, <laughs> like you were saying, some of that anxiety can, you didn't let it, but it can get in the way. Like, I don't deserve this or, you know, you can. Start- Definitely. I mean, like, I, I question it all the time. Like, you know, I'm like, why, why are you so kind to me? But what does he say? That's just like who he is. He doesn't even he's have a like, response. He's just like, no, he's like, because I love you. Like, that's yeah. why else? There doesn't need to be like a long explanation for it. And I'm like, well, that's weird to me because I'm not used to that. <laughs> but I appreciate it. <laughs> this feels weird. <laughs> yeah. But like, again, not everything's like, perfect and you know there's still there's still things I'm learning and I've never been married before I've never had a baby before I've never gotten this far in my recovery before like none of these things so it's all new and still still trying my best and sometimes I fail definitely especially with communicating because again I'm not not a pro at it uh, especially when it comes to emotions because you do have to be very vulnerable and I feel like when I've been vulnerable I've been judged or slammed up against the wall and so that's that's hard for me right it's really challenging 
I'm glad you say that because it does go to show that even when you do have someone as amazing as your husband who you know, like you just said, he's great, he supports you, he doesn't judge you. When you do have that type of emotional trauma, it's hard to, like you don't just get over it because you're with somebody that is amazing. So it's great that he's- Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome, yeah. Um, if, if only. But truly, it, it just, again, goes to show that even this awareness that you have, like probably helps your relationship succeed because you know where you need to communicate more. You know how how he's not going to judge you. So when you do decide you're ready to open up or peel back those layers, you will. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the type of person, and I don't know if this is, standard throughout like anybody who has an eating disorder or depression or anything but I am definitely a bottler I bottle all of my emotions up and I wouldn't say standard but definitely definitely very common we'll just bottle all this up let's put it all under the rug we're just going to pretend like it's not there yeah like we don't need to worry about that um so for me I still have trouble and bottling emotions and you know trying to figure out how to communicate properly and not like explode so it does take me a while to like process my emotions and I'm quiet and and like that's not my husband my husband's not like a sit and process he's like let's talk about it now right and that that's different for me so I have to try to compromise and figure it out but so I'm working on it but some days I fail I'm not I'm not perfect I'm not good at everything and that's okay I I think it would be weird if if you were perfect it would be weird I mean, what does that even look like? Exactly. No one can perfect. Exactly. I'm literally thinking, like, what would just perfect look like? Because there is, you know, when I think of perfect, have you ever seen Even Stevens? No, I haven't. Really? I wasn't a Disney Channel kid. Were you a Nickelodeon kid? Right? Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Fine. I know I said it with a tone, but I'm just like, I was such a Disney kid. Yeah, there was this girl, Ren. We couldn't afford to pay for that. Ren, she was like, she has to be perfect. And there was like a whole episode about what I think, if I remember correctly, about like what what did perfect look like? But there, yeah, no, I mean. Yeah, but that's like the interesting thing about perfect. Like, if you ask somebody about it, like their definition is going to be wildly different from person B right next to them. It's subjective, yeah. Everybody's definition is different. Mm-hmm. Those little yelps on my daughter. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. In my last episode with Abigail, she has this little—I uh, forget what kind of dog it is. It's like a little Chewbacca. She's so cute. But like, we just hear in like every couple minutes, like, oh, like a little whimper. <laughs> I know. I had giggle. Oh, I just heard Marvel too. I just heard the little shake, shake, shake outside my door. Yeah, I had to lock Marvel out because he was a little like. You know, he had a lot to say this morning. He had a hey, lot to say. we all do. It's all good. No, we do. It's just this episode isn't about him. It was about you. <laughs> so I I had to kick him out as much as I love him. That's so funny. 
Jess, what? I mean, yeah, go on, go on. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go. Nope. I didn't have much to say right then. <laughs> I, I forgot it. Mom brain. Mom brain. I have puppy brain. This is not good. Between ah. the two of us. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess I'm just curious, like, overall, what in... I know this might be difficult for you to pinpoint or say one thing, but if you had to say what you would advise people who are either aware or not aware, but something's itching at them, like if they're struggling, what, what, what advice do you have basically for anybody that's listening to this episode? I mean, myself included, even still, like just talk talk about how you're feeling, talk about what's going on, talk about the negative thoughts that you have, talk about just whatever is on your mind, as scary and terrifying as that is. And trust me, I am preaching to myself right now as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to do it. Otherwise, like, you don't see yourself. No one sees you. It's just no one can help you. You can't help yourself. Like, it's just a very dark place when you don't talk to people about what's going on. And in essence, I mean, for myself, I didn't talk a lot about what was going on and I lost friendships. I was super close to what felt like losing my family. Um, just like a lot of loss, like when you don't, when you don't talk to people because they they do care about you i promise you they do care about you it's just you gotta take that leap of faith to open up and yeah ask somebody hey can you just listen to me real quick and to know too i'm gonna jump in because i love that you said that like even when you do share with your parents or your boyfriend or your husband or whoever it is they might not have the exact right quote-unquote right response because they might not know how to respond and that's okay just like how you know we all struggle with something maybe they're struggling with how to process whatever you're telling them so maybe don't i guess maybe that's a takeaway for me or something i would want to advise people is to not shut down and say well why bother being real or getting authentic or going there and being the scared and uncomfortable if i'm just gonna get shit on or whatever because you will get shit on people will should yeah. on you and people will say, why are you doing that? And, or b- get scared. And it's all the easy, quick fix of like, we'll just eat something. Exactly. Fine. Eat a burger. Right. I'd be out of a job if eating a burger or just smiling was the cure. Like, I'm sorry. Like, but they don't know how to respond. And if you can right. help them again, communication, family therapy, individual therapy, become aware. What do you need? If you know what you need, if- <laughs> oh like Riley needs something like she's expressing it she just again doesn't have the verbiage just yet to express exactly what it is but we as adults we do and we just have to have the willingness to do it to express ourselves and go there definitely I mean like sometimes like my poor husband and like he none of this is logical to him like and really to any rational human being an eating disorder like is totally illogical sorry baby 
She's like, Mom, get off the phone. But it, yeah, no, it's it like he he doesn't understand it. Um, and as much as I like try to, you know, communicate what I've gone through and how hard I had to fight and all of the stuff in between, like he's still not fully gonna understand it, and that's okay. But I have to give him the grace of but you're listening to me. Right. Exactly. You're supporting me in however, whatever way you can. Right. Like, I, I don't expect him to be like, oh, you have an eating disorder? Here's the answer. But Oh, you're depressed? Here it is. You know, like, right. No, all I, all I need is somebody to listen and someone to hear me. As most of us do. Yeah, as most of us do, and that's why we're doing this show, man. That's why yeah. I'm. That's why I'm doing this show. I mean, it's like we just need to have some real conversation. It doesn't matter what yeah. the topic is. Let's get real. That's why I love it. Like I think right now, I think that mental health is coming to the forefront, and everybody mm-hmm. is a little bit more open to talking about things, right. um, especially depression and. You know, work-life balance and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Burnout. I have, yeah, I think we have a ways to go when it comes to eating disorder because people like to tiptoe around that because yep. it's dangerous and it kills people. Yep. And you know, not a lot of people understand it, so they're like, "Let's let's just like forego that topic." Yeah. But people are struggling with it. Men, women, children teenagers black white whatever you are yes human and you're struggling with it and it's okay to talk to somebody about it absolutely and if you don't know exactly even if you do have something like something that you need to attend treatment for and you're just like okay do i need a therapist or a dietitian or do i need an inpatient whatever you need there are places whether it's like you know whether you go to a treatment center and you just have a free consultation or you, right. you know, when you have somebody tell you, this is what I recommend, or you, maybe you do your own research and I'm not saying self-diagnose, that's never fun or, no, or, or all that do good. That. Don't, do, don't that. do that. But you know what I mean? Like go to appropriate resources, like, like NIDA, the National Eating Disorder Association. Like they yeah. have a, like, like go to a support group, find out like, like what you did, you utilized your resources to gain the tools that you needed to gain to get out of your own way and be For your sure. real self and get attain your real goals. For sure. I mean, even if it's like first just looking up the Nita website or a depression website. Right. First, like allowing yourself to do that. Give yourself permission to be like, hey, let me just check this out. Yes. And then it's a starting point. Give yourself credit for doing that. Mm-hmm. And then see where it goes. Right. Like that's the best thing that you can do for yourself is just take tiny little victories and make them into something huge. Exactly. Reframe I mean, it. The tiny victory of calling a doctor and not have a baby. Exactly. Like, what? Oh. <laughs> what? what? That's wild. It's so, I should have been dead three times over by now. 
and here you are. Literally the happiest and healthiest you've ever been. It's crazy. It actually like blows my mind every day that like I'm still breathing. I still get to be here. And that now I get to be a mom and a wife. Like, what? Who would have saw that coming like four years ago? Not me. Not you, but again, there was a part of you that knew that you deserved okay. it. Yeah, my maybe my recovery angel saw it and was like, yeah, keep keep fighting for that. Keep, keep going because you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. Look at you. Your baby. She's like, stop kissing me, mom. <laughs> Never. Mm-mm. But sorry. I mean, why are you apologizing? The show is called Authentic as Fuck. <laughs> true. No, 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 no. It's it's been a wild ride. I mean, I was even looking at like some of our emails from like years ago, and I was like, oh god. Hope Ariel had a therapist at the time too. Uh, at that time I don't think I did I don't think I did yeah I've gone I've gone into therapy you know on and off over I guess the last like 10-ish years but I love I love my therapist now he's a male his name is Sean Sean Co he'll be on this season we're gonna have a little therapy session Mm -hmm. I know I asked him I was like you want to come and talk about how crazy I am he's like absolutely like when when can we do this? Yeah, so should should I make time right now? <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Well, we all are, man. Like I think that's the thing. Like we're so afraid to like say that we're crazy and whatnot, but like literally none of us have any idea what we're doing. Oh, it's like, the blind yeah. leading the blind. The thing is for me, one of the things that I love to say about why I think or I, I again I, I do believe that I'm as good I, I, I'm so good at what I do because I have anxiety. It's my baseline. It's yeah. like I've struggled with depression. I've had my own trauma. I don't need to go into every little piece, but like I've learned or excuse me, every little detail, but like I've learned through my own therapy and through my own life experiences how to manage that in a way that is effective and doesn't handicap me or debilitate me. And do I have bad days still? Oh my God, absolutely. There's like, there's no way in hell that I will ever have a week where I'm not like, where I don't have an anxious thought or a depressive thought or something because that's just, but that's okay. And if, as long as I'm like, who, as long as I'm open about that and aware of that to myself and to even my clients, I tell them, I'm like, I practice what I preach. I'm not going to tell you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Right. Like, and I think that was like huge for me too, because it didn't come off like super clinical to the point where I was just like, cool. So I'm reading a medical book and that sounds all fine and dandy and just smile and eat and we'll get through it. It was never like that. It was always very like personal and relatable and tied back to real life. Like, hey, if you can do this small little thing, you succeeded at the day. 
Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the small victories. Yeah. They lead it's, to massive miracles. Hello, Miss Riley Grace. That's why your middle name's Grace. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. By the grace of God, she oh is. Oh, my God. Oh. See? Like I said, I have an angel and a miracle on the episode today. <laughs> Miss Riley Grace, Miss Jessica. Thank you. Thank you so, 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 so much for doing this and for crying it out and for getting real because I think you're, I think you're going to help a lot of people. I really do. You already have. I mean, I know, I know you have just in, in your own personal endeavors and I know in your church community and when you did faith and recovery which was a blog that you did you helped so many people but this is this really helps me help other people too so I'm like I'm just I'm so thankful honestly like I wouldn't be standing here today if it weren't for you and for that team especially you like I came in there multiple times being like this is the end I'm done and you pushed me and you got me here. I put in a lot of work, but you helped me open my eyes and see what life is really about. And I, I can never repay you for that. I truly can't. No repayment necessary. You live your life. Thanks, girl. I appreciate you. I appreciate and you and all the work even, you do. Even though I'm emotional right now, which is fine. Um, if anybody like ever needs somebody to talk to and not anybody that they know, like you can always reach out to me. It's fine. Like I'm here to help you. I've walked through those shoes and it's tough and it's scary, but you got it. And I will do anything to help anybody out. And I will, whoever follows me on Instagram, this isn't like a everybody follow me, but I will tag you in all the posts and all the things so people know where to find you. Yeah, for sure. Is there a place that you know that I'm probably, that I'm not going to tag that, that they should find you or no? No, I only have one account. I can't, I can't keep up with those multiple accounts. I can't either. I just erased my personal one because I was like, why do I have 80 accounts? Like, I have a personal one that I literally just post all my professional stuff on now. Like, (laughs) why? I'll just keep the professional one. (laughs) Yeah, I I can't keep up with it, but whatever. You're crushing it. We're we're both crushing it. We're both crushing it. Because we're being authentic AF. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, Riley. All right, so... Everybody that's tuning in, we're going to round out now. We're going to thank Jessica and Riley one more time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, until next time, stay authentic AF.